Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slam Up Wrestling. Myself Supreet, and this is the AEW Dynamite review for September 30th, 2020. And I'm joined by Abhishek Aneja, aka Abhi Mania. What's up, Abhi? I'm absolutely fine, Supreet. How about you? How did you find today's episode of Dynamite? Uh. It was your basic dynamite, uh, nothing uh, extraordinary or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? I also will agree with this. You can say your point that with regards to this show, yes, it was nothing out of the ordinary which was there in this show. I agree with that. And yes, there was also not any uh, very low point which uh, I should say downgraded the whole experience of the show. And it was on the same plane. It it didn't had any up, uh, a very sharp up or a sharp down. That would be the summary of today's show. Probably. Or you can also say that it was on neutral and they didn't mm-hmm. go to the next gear. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are uh, saving for the, you can say the future shows when it is very near to their pay-per-view that is full gear at uh, November, in the first week of November. Also, we have two big shows, continuous, uh, mm-hmm. next week and the anniversary show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, so they are saving it for those shows particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about this week's uh, Dynamite. Yes. We had uh, Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen. Uh, Cody responded to uh, Brodely's uh, challenge. Uh, FTR defended the AEW World Tag Team titles against uh, SCU. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy. And the main event was uh, John Moxley versus The Butcher. Um, and so much more. But before that, if you are new to this channel, then make sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on the bell for all notifications. We here in Slam Up Wrestling cover all pro wrestling related stuff including reviews for raw smackdown nxt aw dynamite and new japan as well so uh, dynamite kicks off this week with ricky stark versus darby allen uh, we had a pre-match video package uh, from allen uh, where one of his friends was cutting a promo on starks so um, what happened was uh, darby allen was put in a body bag and was thrown off a cliff or something. Hmm. Yes. Uh, so it was a basically a slide kind of uh, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was uh, basically a metaphor for saying that you cannot uh, kill him or you cannot defeat Darby Allen with uh, whatever shenanigans you have, and. Basically, it was also, uh, you can say, uh, short that what they did at the uh, Casino Battle Royale, 
that they put him in a body bag and they just uh, power bombed him on the stage from the ring so it was basically a, you can say very a shot at that okay uh, another thing about this uh, whole uh, thing, darby allen stunt type promo segments isn't it time that tony khan should uh, not give that much of a freedom to darby allen and when it comes to uh, doing uh, stunts like this uh, if you are saying that from a wrestler standpoint that who are veterans they will probably say yes that they shouldn't uh give this much freedom because he can hurt himself and that could also translate to television that uh it might in he may injure himself doing uh, such stuff on in his promos and it can happen that his program on television might cut off so yes i agree with that and also in the long run it would uh, lessen the years that he would be wrestling with regards to him but the fact is that uh, in his prime years many wrestlers have this opinion that we have to do whatever it takes to get to the top and to get the adulation from the fans and to get your name out there so basically they have the creative freedom so they got to do what they got to do basically so they have given them enough freedom with regards to their angles with regards to their programs on television so they are doing that crazy stuff because that is what their fans or basically they think that that would translate to more audience coming in to watch their shows but you really but they really need to play it safe now after what happened to matt hardy uh, at all out uh, they they should uh, if a veteran wrestler uh, veterans would say such opinion that they shouldn't do that and with regards to uh matt hardy situation i guess it was uh, whoever planned that spot it was poorly planned because if you had a uh, you can say better positioning of the tables and a crash pad or something like that underneath it wouldn't have uh, resulted to a concussion or whatever uh, a serious injury with regards to matt hardy and one more thing with regards to the said match of uh, matt hardy and uh, sammy guevara on the pay per view the shitting was what they did and which resulted in a serious injury and afterwards what happened from the scaffolding that sammy guevara uh the place where he crashed that also looked shitty that also looked like yes it is just a you can say a 
shitty comfort space where he just landed like that it should have been very creatively you can say hidden or it should have had some debris or something there which should have increased the legitimacy of that landing that it hurt sami gowara it should have it shouldn't have looked like it he just fell on a pile of something which didn't hurt it was white colored shit it didn't look like he hurt he just fell from a height and he fell on some space but the space looked so uh, so shitty on camera and it was so obvious that it didn't hurt at all wwe over the past years they, they have the experience so they know that how you should you can say create an aesthetic or an ambiance of the set space so that it should look like a space where it it hurt because if a person who is a casual audience viewer or a person who is from the masses if he would have so uh, seen that particular segment or a or that particular spot he would have said oh my god holy shit what has happened if it were wwe uh, choreographed or wwe produced but what they did with that the white colored thingies and whatever the crash pad it looked shitty and it didn't look like sami gowara hurt even a bit so that is with regards to aw uh, just working and learning on the job that was just uh, an over a site which i saw and it looked shitty many people would have saw, seen that and it would have crept up in their minds too so uh, let's get back to this match here yes ricky starks versus darby allen so uh, this match went about 10 minutes we see submissions early on from allen so he was trying to avoid uh, the spear from starks several times uh, allen with a suplex on the apron followed by a dive we see brian cage uh, was trying to interfere but uh, will hobbs uh, chases him uh, to the back Allen gets distracted. Uh, Starks then arm drags him from the apron to the floor. Uh, Starks was in control, targeting the back of Allen. Uh, Allen made a comeback with the code red for a two count. Uh, Allen locks in the Fujiwara armbar. Uh, Starks try to reach for the ropes, but uh, Allen locks in the other arm as well. Uh, Starks somehow made it to the ropes. So Allen hits a stunner, uh, goes for the springboard. Uh, Stark catches him in a uh, spear, but gets a two count. Uh, final parts of the match saw Starks trying to hit a tope, uh, sorry, top rope uh, Rochambeau. Uh, Allen slips out, uh, knocks uh, Starks down. Uh, Allen hits the coffin drop, and that was it. I thought this was a very decent match. Uh, the finish, though, it was a little underwhelming. What did you think about it? Underwhelming in uh, in what sense? That it was out of nowhere, or uh, what? What was it? I uh, didn't like the finish for some reason. All right. Uh, 
I have a little different uh, opinion with regards to it because Allen won this match with the coffin drop uh, on the relentlessly attacked body part, which was the kidneys or the lower back. So that is what made that uh, pinfall attempt. And Starks just not kicking out or getting the victory. Or just kicking out a, a victory henceforth. And with regards to this whole match, I uh, think that it was also a, de a decent match. It was not bad. Obviously, it was a good match. I, you know, I enjoyed the uh, thing that Darby Allen was going for a technical approach to defeat Ricky Starks, which is a little different that he was attacking the arms and kidneys in the said match. And uh, the story of this match was that it all started on July 15th at AW Dark when Ricky Starks attacked Allen and joined Team Taz. And maybe it was even before that, that uh, it started when Brian Cage and Darby Allen uh, started feuding at the casino ladder match, which had uh, Brian Cage debuting and winning the said match. And this uh, Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen match also had this thing that uh, from the past two weeks i have been reading the opinion of many experts they were saying that it has to happen as soon as possible or else the steam with regards to this feud would go away so it had to happen now and now only or in one week's time so it was great that it was booked this week and it happened this week. So that was it. And also with regards to the story, it also came about that Taz initially wanted to offer his services to Darby Allen when Brian Cage was not even in the picture, but Allen refused week after week that was a whole story with regards to this feud and as you said that we also saw a tease with regards to the feud of bill hobbs and brian cage when brian cage wanted to cause an interference to help starks to get a momentary advantage or even win the whole match against Darby Allen. Both the competitors in this match were selling their wear and tear quite well. That was great. We don't see that very often on uh, AW television. And uh, I am talking about the Young Bucks here. And uh, in the end, Darby Allen won by a pinfall with the coffin drop pinpoint accuracy on the relentlessly attacked body part that was the kidneys and the lower back 
of Ricky Starks. It was a great match, and many people online were raving about this end match that it was a great match. So next we had uh, Cody coming out for an interview. Uh, he gets his uh, grand entrance. You know the whole deal. Adrenaline in my soul. Something, something. Cody Rhodes. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Being the elite, all hail John Silver. So Dasha was interviewing uh, Cody here. Uh, Cody is, uh, was cutting his typical uh, non-KFA promo. So <laughs> it talks. <laughs> yeah, it talks. The thing is, it uh, so th- see th- these promos which uh, go non-KFA. This is a very two-edged sword. Many people say that it is bad and it is not going with the character and stuff like that. It uh, it pierces the veil between what is real and what is not with regards to professional wrestling. And the second side to it is that these promos many a times, uh, even most times when Cody does it, it gets the fan invested. It hits a nerve many a times. So it is a little, you can say, on the edge that what you are opting for. If you are opting for the character promo, which is uh, blah, 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 I am going to defeat you, this, then that, or this, what he did right now. It is obviously a blend of the two things because you have to sell the match, what you are selling, because if you are just blabbing of of real life and not selling anything, there is no pay off to the same thing, then it is just a waste. The promo is just a waste. So it is very uh, double-minded that which approach should you have to take in a said situation. So it is just, you can say, your intellect and your intuition will say to you. It is just what it is. Today's promo, uh, I'm just uh, cutting you a little bit, that today's promo, I didn't find it very good from Cody Rhodes. I expect better, much better promos from Cody Rhodes. And as you were saying, Cody Rhodes promo. So he was talking about uh, being part of this reality show with a list of uh, A-list celebrities and how he feels a little out of place. He then asked about whether he will accept the dog collar match. Uh, Cody explains that it is a very unsafe, a very violent match. And as a EVP of AEW, his answer is no. He then leaves the ring only to come back and say, yes, no regrets. And he accepts the match for next week. Uh, Brody Lee comes out and we get a big brawl as uh, Dark Order and a bunch of officials and the ringside wrestlers uh, try to pull them apart. Uh, Brandy Rhodes, for some reason, comes out, takes out the Dark Order with a dive. Uh, NIJ attacks Brandy. They have a brawl of their own. Uh, Nyla Rose decides to jump in. She attacks someone. And that was it. 
so this uh, overall this entire segment uh, it was uh, done it was uh, done very nicely to hype up the match for next week and about the brawl that the women were having it looks like uh, they were trying to build a match slash feud uh, regarding their situation mm-hmm. it anna j and brandy roads ha- has been happening for quite some time if i'm not uh, wrong brandy has been losing every match against anna j anna j has uh, you can say she has been defeating her via submission maybe it is happening on aw dark it has been happening and uh, i didn't understand nyla rose's uh, you can say thing here in the, in this uh, situation i didn't understand why is she even here in this segment just pissed off or is she involved or is she getting involved in some way we have to see but what whatever happened it it didn't uh, yes okay okay what happened in the ring with regards to the men yes it, it created a hype it created everything whatever happened it was great and they are just giving one weeks notice uh, i don't know why uh, maybe it is because uh, he has to go again to film Cody Rhodes, or he is done. I don't have a damn clue. Or if they have another trick up their sleeve to book another bout at the pay per view, that is also a thing. We have to see what happens. But whatever this whole segment was, it could have been done a little more. better little more much better much better maybe maybe it is the absence of the fans <laughs> maybe it is the absence of the fans i don't know about uh, you said uh, about uh, this match happening next week they could have done it at the anniversary show but uh, i think they don't want to have two big matches on uh, one night even if it's a anniversary show all right so they only want to have one match which would be the aw world championship match featuring yes. lance archer yes two uh, uh, two championship matches for two separate nights and to sell that specific night slash card all right mm-hmm. that's okay but uh, one weeks uh, one weeks hype is a little too uh, you can say lame or you can say a little uh, a little too less for cody or something like that because cody is great on the mic and even you can say maybe brody also if given a chance so whatever they have done it 
so they have taken the decision so go on with it man uh, yes it is looking like they are uh, rushing up things but there there could be something else planned for mm. uh, both uh, brody and cody probably next we had uh, tony shivani so he was interviewing uh, ftr uh, ftr were talking about their upcoming match with scu uh, they call the best friends uh, a couple of backyard wrestlers again <laughs> uh, when mentioned about the young bucks uh, ftr said uh, they have failed in their title opportunities and even though they get praises from uncle dave melser they did, they don't deserve a title shot <laughs> so Yes, that's true that's yeah. true so out of nowhere the young buck super kick shivani uh, matt jackson acts like nothing happened and leaves so there you go <laughs> fucking phony piece of shit <laughs> uh the young bucks uh, what what basically <laughs> basically they are uh, becoming ticks yes they are becoming ticks but uh, it is the same uh, thing why should i have to repeat every week it looks phony yaar it it looks phony it looks phony but i don't know why i don't know why probably they need a little uh, a little different approach maybe i i don't know i don't know maybe it is supposed to make the fan laugh i suppose a little uh, but you can add a little more you can add a little more uh, little more aggressive little more aggressive bucks aggressive uh, probably yes that then that would obviously mean that uh, they are going to obviously they are going to the dark side and that is also a big question that why the fuck they are going to the dark side because their opponents are already on the dark side so why are they going to the dark side why and that to the things they are doing that is translating not uh, uh, i don't know uh, if it is looking edgy or very good but i can understand the effort or the thought process but the fact is it is many a times looking phony it shouldn't look phony it should look real when stone cold did it when many other people did it when cm punk did it anti authority whatever the fuck they want to do they want to do it didn't look phony it didn't look phony in their face problem is with the face expression the face expression and how you carry yourself with the set promo that what is in your mind what are you trying to sell what what is there and on the other side you have a team 
which is on the dark side basically they are heels all right you are trying to be the cool heels that is basically the baby face or whatever tweener or whatever the term you want to call that but do it in such a way that it doesn't look phony that is all i am saying you do the actions but the face the face shows uh, the the face your face shows a completely different story it isn't going with the action you have to feel that you have to feel that you have to show that a little more a little more a little more that is only for the young bucks and with regards to ftr it was a solid promo this match with scu is basically to show that who is the supreme tag team in aw current champions that is ftr have already beaten the second champions that is hangman adam page and kenny omega to grab the straps so now by beating scu who were the first ever team to capture the aw tag team championship would cement them as the very best in the promotion if not the world and as you said they called the best friends outlaw backyard wrestlers and they talked about the young bucks we have already said that and there was some or many points of that they were truth and it would hit home with the fans and when you talk about truth and if it is selling something that is their feud and that is their match in the near future it's great so scu had a pre match interview uh, point to be noted here so as they were making their way to, to the entrance tunnel uh, they ran up to sean spears who wishes them good luck so we get to this uh, tag team title match the 20 minute time limit thing uh, hangman page was on commentary uh, he was drinking some whiskey so scu was here it was represented by scorpio sky and kazarian uh, match went about 15 minutes uh, 15 minutes um, there was lot to cover here uh, scu dominated for the most part of the match uh, at one point uh, harwood faked a i think it was uh, cash wheeler i think uh, he faked wheeler. a trip yes he faked a trip near the ropes and uh, blamed it on daniels so daniels got sent to the back uh, scu still in control kazarian uh, baited ftr outside uh, sky with a tope conilo on ftr a slight distraction allowed ftr to take out sky so they dominated for the rest of the match uh final parts of the match saw sky going for a sunset on wheeler but uh wheeler held on to blanchard so referee uh, what was i saying uh, yes he kicks a uh, wheeler's hands uh, sky with a sunset pin on um, uh who is the wheeler and gets a two count so sky was going for a suplex on wheeler but uh, blanchard trips sky and hold on to the legs uh wheeler with a pin and that was it it was a, a good tag team match uh, scu was uh, made to look super strong here uh, what did you think about this match yes i also uh, 
believe that uh, this match was uh, great and i enjoyed this match wholly and yes the points were that cash wheeler first of all you said it that he used the fake trip or the fake drop to get chris daniels evicted so now you have three people on one side including terry blanchard and on the other side you have only two brilliant tag strategy by ftr so now basically and kazarian and sky dominated the action they were made to look strong as you said because of the fact that they were the first champions so they were made to look strong and ftr gave them everything so as to make them look legitimate and also the championships they were holding legitimate so that is great on the part of both the teams that they gave us such a great match and kazarian and scorpio sky were dominating the action before the commercial break with uh, beautiful drop kicks by scorpio sky the ground and pound and the tope con hero to stay in control basically then kazarian got the hot tag he looked great he looks great now recently his spinning leg lariat looked effortless great back and forth action and scu as we have now said multiple times they got the majority of the offense and they were looking great getting the respect for being the inaugural tag team champions for the promotion there was at one point a dragon suplex by cash wheeler on kazarian which looked absolutely phenomenal and there was a lot of double team maneuvers by both the teams there were multiple false finishes multiple roll ups at the end game of the match back and forth which were absolutely great which made this match even more you can say on a higher pedestal and but in the end ftr got the victory with the help of tali blanchard with the experience factor that tali blanchard has it was a great match on television and we can only hope to see great matches in the future in this 20 minute rush with greatness with ftr defending the aw tag team championships and next competitors would probably be the best friends so we had a commentators talking about a tournament where the winner will get a aw world title shot Uh, first three competitor uh, competitors are jungle boy ray phoenix and kenny omega uh, it looks like uh, page was not happy with omega being in the tournament and he left yes uh, hangman and page could, uh, he was there basically on commentary he is he looked very interested in competing in the tag team division so basically he was scouting the talent 
and now after the news of the said tournament uh, he was pissed off or he was surprised or he was shocked that goes in the said storyline between hangman adam page and his former tag team partner kenny omega so we have to see where this all goes probably the finale of the tournament would have hangman adam page and kenny omega face to face next was isaiah cassidy versus chris jericho this went 11 minutes uh, cassidy started strong uh, some quick offense and a roll up pin gets a two uh, jericho to the outside uh, cassidy tried to follow but uh, gets set into the barricades cassidy tosses uh, jericho over the barricade where he encountered uh, luther Uh, they had a little back and forth where uh, luther tossed jericho back to the ring side uh, back in the ring cassidy hits a swanton for a two count so final part of the match saw cassidy hitting a lion salt and the code breaker for several near falls cassidy then uh, hits a springboard uh, jericho catches him with a judo effect and that was it it was a good showing for cassidy but it didn't do much for him i think uh, what did you think about this match uh i saw this match as a uh, decent and with regards to azir cassidy i sort of uh, agree that it wasn't a very can say path breaking outing for azir cassidy it was decent it was his first singles match in aw and it for his first match uh, it was good but basically it was not great or it was not path breaking with regards to it isaiah cassidy basically uh, his offense had his speed his athleticism and his aerial maneuver meanwhile jericho had the experience he had the strength and he has his technical prowess which he comes out with sometimes luther also got the rub quote unquote by attacking jericho when he got shoved in the crowd by isaiah in real life uh jericho and luther are good friends and it's great to see such gestures i hope that something manifests for luther after this interaction and it did we got to uh, we got the news of the said match uh, i think that it is next week probably the tag match uh Isaiah was dictating the pace in the initial part of the match but not for long obviously and with regards to the story of this match was that two weeks ago after the match of Hager Jericho and Private Party Jericho got into Isaiah's face and just bat uh, back and forth back and forth left and right punched him on the ground until marquen came for the save this match was basically a receipt in a way 
way for retribution for yes. Isaiah on Jericho. So, and Isaiah hit a beautiful lion sword, a beautiful lion sword and the code breaker for close near falls, which could have gotten him the victory. So that was the closest points that he could have gotten the match. Jericho won by pinfall by the Judas effect. Post-match, we got a little bit of the interaction of some members of the inner circle and Matt Hardy in private party. And we also saw Hager Jericho interacting with Serpentico and Luther, which is called Chaos Project, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm, yes. It is interesting and basically we will someday uh, now we will see now Luther and Serpentico competing on Dynamite so it would be great to see them obviously competing. Uh, another point uh, you didn't uh, mention is that uh, they also brought up uh, that Jericho and uh, Luther uh, trained together in these two heart dungeon. Yes, yes. Hmm. Yes, they did. And uh, probably at one point they became friends in uh, Japan. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Hmm. So. Next up, we had uh, Miro and Kip Sabian planning for the bachelor's party. Uh, <laughs> you, also see, you also see them playing some video games. Uh, so Miro was talking to this uh, famous uh, video game player. Uh, he said he has something crazy planned for the party. So let's see what that is. <laughs> All right. Uh, best friends were being interviewed, uh, but in comes FTR. They, uh, start once again talking down to the best friends, saying they are a bunch of comedy acts and they belong in the middle of the card. Uh, FTR said they're above them. Uh, best friend T is punching them. Uh, instead, uh, Orange Cassidy called them winners. <laughs> so speaking about Cassidy, so he had a match against Ten, uh, which went about three minutes. Uh, Ten stole Cassidy's glasses early on and put it on the legend known as John Silver. Mm-hmm. Ten with the attack, uh, he beat, he did a b- bunch of moves, including a end of days and a delayed suplex. Uh, we see the dark order mocking the best friends. Cassidy with a huge dive, uh, taking out uh, some of the dark order members. So Cassidy gets the win, following a orange punch and the beach break, and that was it. I think this match should uh, have been on dark. It should have been on dark instead. Uh, and another thing is that uh, Cassidy shouldn't be wrestling every week. Like he should, uh, he should have to keep his character special, not overexposed. Mm-hmm. Probably now they would not be happening. Uh, he would not be competing next week. Probably they could have. Uh, you are saying uh, backstage segments involving Cassidy that would be more appropriate. That is what you are suggesting. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 
like that uh, is all. Mm-hmm. for for example uh, uh, pre pandemic so he was uh, he used to appear in small small segments like imagine if uh, uh, proud and powerful are having a brawl with young bugs he would show up in a toilet somewhere and he would get a big yes. pop yes 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 but now we do not have the uh, influence the leverage of thing a uh, big pop i can uh, i understand and i sort of i very much agree with that point as well uh, now they should not overexpose him with being a wrestler or else his character uh, it is not a maybe a appropriate word to say but the mystique of his character would drop down if he get he he wrestles every other week he should have backstage segments he should have promos or whatever uh, they are doing with uh, the best friends on bte that is also fine that can also happen on uh, television but yes of course not uh, murdering someone obviously something other than that entertaining obviously to create a feud for the future or something like that obviously yes i agree but they should not over expose him but if they have this idea in their mind that we should have him every other week competing or just competing for the fact that he brings in rating so that could create a problem in the long run so i agree with that point do not have him every other week competing have him in some backstage segments here and there and then have him compete or just have him at ringside something like that yes i agree he is a main event star now you are building him like that you are showing him like that but the thing is you cannot have him compete in matches every other week just competing for the sake of competing yes you have legitimized him in some way that he is a great talent but do not over expose him that people are just you know fed up with the said character he has a uniqueness keep it that way and with regards to this match ten looked great uh, his i guess real name is cody vance i guess he and he is built great he looked like a chiseled statue and his delayed suplex was great in the initial point of the match and commentators talked about orange cassidy being worn and torn and exhausted and beat up after last week's match with mr brody lee that was for the tnt championship and dark order played a part in that match getting brody lee the victory dark order mocked the best friends hug got to get people what they want yes it was a decent match 
for uh, with regards to what was presented what was on paper and the pre match promo what ftr said that was what happened in this fucking match so basically what they said was kind of true to be quite honest <laughs> so next we had i think uh, was the best part of dynamite this week um, so mjf entered chris jericho's uh, locker room uh, he had a gift for jericho he congratulates jericho on his win tonight uh, so mjf unwraps uh, unwraps the gift and uh, he has inner circle jackets for everyone except uh, sami guevara point to be noted mm-hmm. so mjf is mad at wardlow for not getting a jacket for guevara mjf apologizes to guevara guevara asks what is he doing here uh, jericho asks the same question uh, mjf said he is just here to congratulate jericho Uh, Jericho thanks him for the jackets and reminds him about the offer to join the inner circle that uh, the said offer was uh, I think it uh, he uh, I think he offered him to join the inner circle of, I think last yes. year or something mm yes in an uh, in ring segment yes so and, uh, uh, Jericho said that you want to join and MJ said that do you want me to join so they did the same thing here uh, MJ responded that if he uh, wants him in the inner circle or not so they go a little back and forth uh, we had a little mm-hmm. stare down between Hager and Wardlow uh, Jericho and MJ uh, compliment each other as MJ leaves uh, Guevara calls him a loser uh, Jericho sorry Jericho responds maybe he's not So what did you think about this segment? I think that maybe the uh, MJF is uh trying the idea of drawing a wedge between Sami Guevara and Chris Jericho which yes, we yes. also discussed at one point uh, some weeks ago and it can it can possibly happen and it would eventually happen obviously and it might now very well uh, happen soon and uh, it uh, by drawing a wedge between the less sex gods he would get possibly an undue advantage over chris jericho and chris jericho's mind and now he has quite possibly gotten into the good graces of chris jericho so possibly sami guevara might get the kick out of the inner circle if he is uh, possibly loud mouth or basically outspoken of mjf in front of chris jericho or, or something along the lines possibly and there was a stare down with the two horses so that is also a tease for the distant future it would happen it might happen and it would be great when it happens between wardlow and jake hager so but yes but uh, if they are uh, about to kick out guevara then this whole thing needs to i think stretch a little bit 
yes it it would stretch and we discussed that if it it is going to stretch they would stretch it long and hard that when they did the uh, storyline in wwe with kevin owens and chris jericho it happened for months from summer slam to wrestlemania so if they are doing something along the lines so it will stretch long enough so dr bitbaker is back in action so she was facing red velvet it was just a showcase match for uh, baker uh, we did see uh, we did see uh, baker pulling out uh, some submission moves here so baker won with the curb stomp and that was it and post match uh, baker continued her assault uh, she had the lock jaw applied and that was it this match was basically a welcome for brit baker mm. and uh, it was brit baker's first match after all outs cinematic match against big swole that was the tooth and nail match and commentators were accentuating the point of uh, ring rust with regards to brit baker that is there ring rust and will she lose and in comparison to red velvet she has been regularly competing on aw dark with o and 7 record <laughs> Oh. and and she recently lost to tayanara or tay konti in her uh, recent outing so we saw a vicious and technical approach by brett baker which sealed the deal for her in this match well, that's it and with regards to the tooth and nail match i just want to say that it was in it was the first match of the main show if i am not wrong yes so i also heard somebody say that and i also have the same opinion i skipped that match and the other guy who is an expert and now i am not able to recall who was that the thing is that why would you have an cinematic match in the opening bout of your pay per view why the fuck basically was that a great match if you have seen that match uh, that was i think the worst opening to a pay per view i ever seen so basically it was a a bad decision bad decision and they went on for weeks to build that match for so long and then they gave us a cinematic match because it is the season of cinematic matches because wwe did it and maybe other promotion one or two maybe did it i am not uh, into par impact did it or not i am uh, not of the opinion they did a wrestle house segment every other week uh that was shot in uh, some place maybe in la or something like that in a house so the thing is that it is a season of cinematic matches so we also have to do one so to uh, maybe be the cool guys 
or to stay in the trend so the thing is they did it and i saw the first 2 minutes and i just i just skipped the whole match because i wasn't in the mood to see that match basically i wasn't i from the previous night when i was of the opinion that yes i will see that match okay i will see that match okay when i possibly didn't know that it would be a cinematic match or maybe it would be but by the time 2 minutes went away and i saw what was happening it just took everything away if you have a cinematic match you should have it in the midst of the card to take it away from the whole ring action what was happening throughout the whole show you should not just put it on in the first match of your show or the pay per view whatever the fuck you are doing you will take out your audience whether it is purists whether it is the casual viewers whether it is the masses who just came on to your channel whoever it is some people don't like that they will immediately skip or they will immediately switch off because they do not want to see that have a match which is universally accepted and have this cinematic match in the midst of your show which is a relief which is a relief from the whole you can say uh in ring action stuff even if you have brit baker who you think that she is a main event talent and she is a star and blah 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 her husband or boyfriend is the uh, former nxt champion and he is a big deal but the thing is you cannot you cannot give her the first match of the card even if she is someone whatever you cannot you cannot you absolutely cannot i haven't seen all of the matches of the set pay per view maybe cinematic match was the reason or maybe it was not i don't know but the fact is cinematic matches are to be had in the midst of the card or at the end if it is a main event uh, title match or whatever that people are celebrating to see that match obviously but do not have it in the opening please or maybe uh, maybe talking about brit baker uh, why don't why don't give her uh, uh, an another talent matches just like this one on the pay per view no no uh, just uh, mainly about brit baker yeah. Mm-hmm. About her in-ring work, about her performances. Yes. Mm-hmm. This match was uh, probably one of her better matches that uh, I have seen. It was an enhancement talent match, uh, no problem. So in that Now, way, she can improve her in-ring skill a little bit. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. She can. and even if you uh, do not have such uh, matches every other week that maybe you are of the opinion that it will drop her stock or something like that 
that she has had those enhancement talent matches uh, the past year in the initial parts of the year so you can do such stuff in another way but have her compete in tag matches you uh, did also back then but now she is looking better with regards to her in ring work so have that uh, give momentum to that and then build on that please don't have cinematic matches for the sake of it that the other promotion is doing it please god no and yeah, if so you are having it please don't have it in the opening and also um, you also have uh, she is good at promo so you can do a little bit promo packages little video packages something like that yes yes i agree she is great on the mic she is able to piss off the fans uh, use that so uh, we are the main event here um, so what are they saying yes So Eddie Kingston came out uh, with the Lucha Bros. Uh, he pulled out uh, Bryce Rensford to the ring. Uh, Kingston said that he did not tap out uh, last week in his uh, World Title match. He then explained why uh, the following match is happening tonight, as it was Moxley uh, heading up uh, Tony Khan, telling him that he will fight anyone and that Kingston can pick his opponent. He then asked uh, referee uh, Ramsberg why did he call for the bell uh, when he didn't even quit. Uh, Ramsberg uh, explains that they are best of friends, best of the friends uh, outside the ring, but in the ring he needs to be professional, and as a safety measure he called for the bell. So Kingston was not uh, convinced with the explanation and decided to attack uh, Ramsberg alongside uh, Lucha Bros. <laughs> So before that uh, could even happen, Moxley came out uh, with a barbed wire bat. Kingston then announced uh, his opponent, and it's none other than the Butcher. So the Butcher, who was already in the ring, attacked uh, Moxley. So we get to this match. It went uh, 14 minutes, nothing much. It was just a typical Moxley versus a big dude match. So uh, Butcher was targeting the left leg of Moxley. which uh, moxley sold it very nicely props to him uh, in the end it was uh, moxley with a paradigm shift and the bulldog choke and that was it so basically this match was done to further the feud between kingston and moxley uh, who possibly could have a second match uh, what did you think about it yes uh, i also saw this match and uh, as good Uh, i didn't saw it as bad because the thing is yes many people were expecting that it would be uh, possibly lucha bros one of the person from the lucha brothers who would be challenging for the aw championship this week but it turned out to be butcher so the thing is that the i also was wanting someone from the lucha bros personally but the thing is the decision is appropriate why because if you are having a match with the likes of pentagon junior or ray phoenix if you have a story or if you have a build 
for some weeks or so it would be a lot better it would be a lot better if the fans are there in attendance as well so it would be better and it would be better to not have the said high profile matches right now so booking moxley and butcher in this match with a with basically no build was uh, was appropriate was fine and as you said that uh, with regards to the match that eddie kingston did not tap out last week in the bulldog or clock choke and uh, referee called it for the safety of the competitor that was uh, the initial part which uh, was summarized between Eddie Kingston and the referee Bryce Remsburg and Butcher was showing off his strength and technical prowess in this match targeting the lower back and the left knee with the half Boston crab and commentators talked about the fatigue the wear uh, the wear and tear of john moxley after last week's hellacious bout against eddie kingston and also the jacksonville's feather weather and humidity was also in play basically throughout the night in all matches moxley is 18 and 0 in 2020 butcher kicking out of the traditional pile driver by moxley was insane i basically thought that it was done at that point because after seeing moxley choking out and defeating an opponent with a bulldog choke last week i thought that he could defeat someone with a unique finisher this week too so i thought possibly with the pile driver he could defeat uh, butcher as well so but that was not the last point of the butcher but at the end moxley uh, got the victory via submission by the bulldog or a clock choke and now he has two weeks with the said submission in two consecutive weeks Uh, in my opinion it uh, as i said before it was a good match it was not bad at all even if we have an opponent with regards to butcher who has not been uh, you can say build up so much or hype uh, in the all elite wrestling promotion he can go in the ring So yeah that was dynamite yeah that was dynamite for 30th September 2020 and next week's card is solid so next week's episode is must see for the fans we have the TNT championship that's going to be happening in a dog collar match and also The FTW Championship is on the line. <laughs> finally, finally, finally. 
it's going to be Brian Cage and Will Hobbs. Finally, FTW Championship is being defended on AW Dynamite. What else is there for next week? Possibly that tag match with uh, Jake Hager, Jericho versus yeah, exactly. Chaos Theory. It is happening next week. And, and much more. I, I don't uh, recall any other matches being booked as of yet for next week. So, uh, before we leave, uh, where can these guys find you? Uh, guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at abbymaniac, A-W-B-Y-M-A-N-I-A-C. And I work for an Indian independent wrestling promotion called Wrestle Square. I work as a commentator and an in-ring authority figure. So you can subscribe to their YouTube channel that is Wrestle Square Pro Wrestling. And you can also follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Square. You can find Slam Up Wrestling on Twitter at Slam Up W, Instagram at Slam Up Wrestling. Our podcast and reviews are mainly audio based. And if you don't want your YouTube app running for that, then you can catch Slam Up Wrestling on Anchor and Spotify as well. This was the AEW Dynamite review, and we'll see you guys next time.